Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. That's all you got. That's that's all you got to glorify. That's all you got to glorify. That's all you got. It's okay. It's okay. We're so used to being entertained in church that we can't praise God. We can't glorify God unless the. No, it's okay. It's okay. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. They read, then the Lord appeared to Solomon. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Lord, we love you, thine the glory. Lord, we love you, amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you, thine the glory. Lord, we need you, thine the glory. Lord, we need you, amen. Lord, we need you, thine the glory. Uh, revive. Revive us, revive us, revive us again. Revive us, revive us, revive us. Revive us, revive us, revive us again. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, Seven, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. The Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, 
and I will heal the land. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. There's a title for this message. The title is Heal Our Land. Revive us again. We've been walking through these verses, this verse of scripture, these verses of scripture since the beginning of September, right? We've been walking through this verse, these verses of scripture since September, first Sunday in September. And we've walked through every phrase of this verse, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Y'all ever think that you'd be able to sit in one verse for so long? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Y'all ever think you'd be able to sit in one verse for so long? What that teaches us is the word of God is rich. Every word in the word means something. Say amen, somebody. Y'all pray for me. Every word in the word means something. We started out with this word, if. God's looking for when, if kind of people. Then we moved to my people. We needed to know that we are his sheep, his people, the sheep of his pasture. And we needed to know then that we were called by his name for the foundations of the earth. And we needed to know that God is calling us to be humble. Those are the, the who's. God defined in this verse the who's of scripture. The if and my people who are called by my name and those who are humble. And the what of this verse is the prayer part. We're called those people. All those people were called to pray. How were we called to pray? We were called to pray by seeking God's face and not God's hand. We're called to pray by seeking God's face and not God's hand. We were called to pray by turning from our wicked ways. And that means we're to repent and to make the things that we did wrong right. And then the result of all of that was that God would hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. When I was a child, my biological mother, who's gone home to be with the Lord, taught me to pray. And let me fix something right quick. Mama A, can you stand up for me? Let me fix something real quick. Y'all see this young lady right here? That's my mama. That's my mama. Now, I call her Mama A because the Lord connected us when I was at Whalen Temple. And her birthday and my mom's birthday is one day apart. And I wasn't looking for nobody to be my mama no more because my heart was hurt. And the Lord put me in careful hands, y'all. The Lord, you can sit down because I know you. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to get beat up and I don't mind. The Lord put me in careful hands. And Anyway, when the Lord put me in careful hands, so anybody that wants to say any other thing, that's my mama, you hear me? I don't want to hear no whispers, I don't want to hear no rumors, I don't want to hear no foolishness, I don't want to hear no nothing. You hear what I said? <laughs> that's my mama. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Praise high and holy name. All right. When I was a child, I was growing up, my biological mother taught me how to pray. She grew up in a ministry and with my family that held prayer as an important part 
of our Christian journey. I remember when I was about four years old, and I'm just going to talk through this if you don't mind. I remember when I was about four years old before kindergarten, my mom took me to a noonday prayer service. Anybody remember noonday? She took me to a noonday prayer service, and I was about four years old, and it was at Faith, Hope, and Love Church of God in Christ. <laughs> we sat in that cold storefront church on those metal chairs with all of our coats on, looking at our own breath as we were calling out on Jesus. <laughs> you know it. I heard it. <laughs> calling on Jesus. We were calling on the Lord. And as we were, for some odd reason, I started to cry uncontrollably. This is my first memory. I started to cry uncontrollably. And as I started to cry, I was, I was sitting in that room, and Grandma Tally was teaching us how to pray. And as she was teaching us how to pray, what she said is, as you use your words, you empty yourself out. Just walk with me, please. As you use your words, you empty yourself out. And when you get empty, then what we'll do is we will go to the word and we will fill ourselves with scripture. Simple truth will get you delivered. You empty yourself out with your words and you fill yourself up with the word of God. That's how she taught us. So that was the rhythm of our lives in prayer. Empty yourself before God and fill back up with the word. Empty yourself before God and fill back up with the word. When you're anxious, empty yourself out before God and fill back up with, your, with the word of God. So on this particular day, I remember having my first encounter with God. We were at the church, and I started crying for no apparent reasons. My tears got my mom's attention, excuse me, and she asked me what was wrong, and I had no words to explain. I was four. I mean, why don't you tell me why? <laughs> Well, yes, I got popped in the mouth on a regular basis when I was growing up. Why don't you tell me why I'm crying? But in my young memory, I remember Grandma Tally coming over to me, coming over to my mom, and leaning down, and we had one of those Shirley Caesar moments, and I remember Mama's song, he ain't playing this time. She leaned down and she said, Audrey, this one's special. He's a little different. The thing about that moment that I remember, and we're talking about our identity. We're talking about heal our land. The thing that I remember in that moment is that for me, four years old, before I had any recollection or understanding of who God was or what God wanted to do in my life, God showed me who I was. And he showed me what he wanted to do with my, my, my life. So as I fast forward through life and listen to how my mom would pray, I would often hear her say four simple words. She taught me in that moment, Grandma Tally taught me how to pray by emptying my words and filling up with the spirit. And then I would just watch and listen. And you know how lessons are more caught than taught, right? Lessons are more caught than taught. So I would watch my mom. Now that I've been infected with, with this thing called prayer, I would watch my mom and I would listen and I would hear. And I would often hear her when things got tough, pray four simple words. She would say, heal the land, God. When I read these words, I hear my mom's voice. I hear my mom saying, heal the land, God. When things were spinning out of control in life, 
all my mom could do was say, heal the land, God. When my siblings were going crazy, all I could hear her say was, and it was them, it wasn't me. When my siblings were going crazy, all I could remember her saying was, heal the land, God. When there wasn't enough month for mon- money for the month, and we had a cabinet of peanut butter and moldy jelly. <laughs> All I could hear my mom say when she, <laughs> she came down the steps was, heal the land, God. And when there were times that we didn't know where we were going to live, And we had to find somewhere else to go in days. She didn't have a prayer to pray. All she could do was say, heal the land, God. As I think about, I'm sorry. (laughs) As I think about these words, I think about my mother communicating her heart's cry to God in a way that allowed for heaven to meet earth and right everything that was wrong. It wasn't God's plan for me to grow up in a house that had moldy jelly. It wasn't God's plan for you to grow up in the situation that you grew up Wasn't God's plan for the enemy to steal, holy God of this, what he stole from you. God created you to be who God created you to be, and the enemy decided to steal. (laughs) Pray for me, sir. (laughs) To steal to kill, and to destroy. And we have started to believe the lies of Satan. I need to run through here. We have decided to believe that our identity is wrapped up in the lie that God, that the the people, the culture, that Satan has told us about who we are. We have decided... That we are the tail and not the head. We have allowed ourselves to live into the lie of our identity when God has created us to be the truth of our identity. The Bible says to Solomon... God says, when I hear these words, I hear God promising to make what goes wrong right. And when I mean, when I say that, is look at verse 13. After promising the king a place of presence, God says to Solomon, when I shut up the heaven, there is no rain. You hear that? When I command the locusts to devour the land, when I send pestilence, among my people. Did you hear that? Who, who's talking? God says, when I 
shut up to heaven. And you don't have anything. Did you hear that? Did you hear? God says when I command the locusts to devour the land. God says when I send sickness to your But I was taught that that's not what God does. God's a good giver. He's. But James, yes, he is a good giver of gifts. But James says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And I get the part that we want to stop at, which is the good part. But there's more to that. God is a giver of good gifts, and God is a giver of perfect gifts. Sometimes that perfection breaks you. Say amen, somebody. Please, can we walk? Sometimes the perfection breaks you so you can be made over again. God knows that. God knows, God knows, God knows that if you just get good from the hand of God, you will be immature in your faith and you will always consider God Santa Claus instead of sovereign. Come on, church. Come on, church. You may not want to recognize this, but your trouble is sent from heaven. (laughs) Stop complaining about it. God sent it your way. (laughs) Holy God of Israel. Stop being upset about it. Your trouble is sent from heaven. He wants to mature you in this walk with him which is why I say some gifts may not be good but I give you what you get so that I can perfect you the maturation of our faith requires that we struggle with sickness sometimes the maturation of our faith requires that we struggle with the impact of sin in our lives the maturation of our faith requires that brokenness and heartache be a part of our journey so that we can realize that people will fail us, but God never will. That's a good place to praise him. I don't know about you, but that's a good place to give him praise. The faithfulness of our God promises us an audience that when we are broken, he will hear us from heaven. And so... If I can take prophetic liberties for just a few seconds, when I send, God would say, when I send those hard times your way, I do so because I want you to be reminded of who you were created by me to be. You were not created to be less than. You were created to be above. Say amen, somebody. Created, you know the word, you know the word. It also means formed. It means fashioned, it means made by hand, it means spoken over and spoken into. God created means that you were chosen before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says it. And it means you were chosen before the foundation of the world to do these things, to suffer what you suffer, to cry the tears you cry. Holy God, help us. To hurt how you hurt and to heal how God wants you to heal. God has ordained this time for you to lean into your created self so that he can tell you in your secret place who he created you to be. Uh, 
He's not going to tell you out loud. He's not going to tell you where everybody else is. He's going to tell you when your heart cries to him. When you humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways, then he will hear your heart's cry. He will forgive your sins committed by omission and commission, and he will heal your land. But if this nature, if this is normal, but if this is natural, if this is normal, if this is our creator's factory default, then why, God, does it hurt so much? <laughs> why would you allow me, this good God that you are, to suffer this pain, to suffer this hurt, to suffer these things that I've been suffering? Can I offer because the sin that we experience from generation to generation has broken us to the point where we have believed the lies about ourselves that we've been told. We've learned to believe that we are not the people, that we are not the people God created us to be, but we are the people that the culture has told us we are, and we are the people that other people have communicated we should be. We believed that we are supposed to be people who have just enough or not enough. We believe that we are supposed to be the ones that don't deserve love or won't be able to keep it. We believe that we are here to serve and not to lead. And we believe that the weapons of our warfare in this world are, in fact, carnal. <laughs> if it's going to be, it's up to me. If we're going to win this battle, it's ours to win. When all actuality would say... If we're going to win, we're going to win because the weapons of our warfare, in fact, are not carnal. They are, in fact, not earthly. They are, in fact, not anything that you can conjure up in your own mind. But the weapons of this warfare are mighty through God, through the pulling down of every stronghold. And that weapon is prayer when you allow your heart to connect with God in a way that you reveal yourself naked and unashamed that is the only place that is the only time that you will truly be heard by God and God will actually respond to you May not be what you want to hear, but it's what you need. We've been praying with masks on for far too long. We've been communicating with God through false identities for far too long. And you wonder why you haven't received an answer to your prayer. It's because that God is waiting to speak to the real you. He's waiting to talk to the real you. <laughs> the one that hurts and is afraid to reveal your pain to him. He's waiting to reveal for you to reveal who you really are because you're afraid that you'll be rejected in the presence of the king. But he says, come on to me. All you 
who labor and are heavy laden. You're burdened with cares and he will listen. He will respond. He'll give you rest. My mom taught me at an early age that when things got tough, all I had to do was remember who God created me to be and what God said about me. Not what she said about me. Remember who God created me to be and what God said about me. And when I took that to God in prayer, he would hear from heaven. He would forgive my sin and he would heal my identity. I offer to you, church, today. Some of us are struggling with identity because we're afraid of a lack of control. Some of us are afraid of your real identity because you don't know if you can control yourself. If God dropped a million dollars that he promised you in your, in your pocket right now, you would go buck wild. You'd be out here wilding. Wilding. <laughs> Doing whatever you wanted to do with whoever you wanted to do it with. Because you felt like, I am the blessed one. I am now the head and not the tail. Yes, Lord, I'm going to be above. <laughs> Stop, David. <laughs> I'm going to be above. I'm not going to be beneath. You're going to do whatever you want to do because now you've lived into your blessing. But you didn't allow God to mature you. You are who you are on the outside. But you didn't wait for God to make you on the, on the inside. So yes, you have everything that you're supposed to have, but you aren't everything you're supposed to be. So God wants to make us. And I will offer that also the church has been really controlling because we don't trust y'all neither. Hallelujah. I grew up in the church where you couldn't go to the movies because I didn't know what movie you was going to see. <laughs> That's how I grew up because I didn't know what movie you needed. They needed to control your behavior because they wanted you to act a certain way. This is what holiness looks like. This is what righteousness looks like. This is what it looks like to be a child of God. When in all actuality, the only one that can help you be who you were created to be by God is God. Say amen, someone, please. The only one that you can teach you how to be who you were created to be by God is God. So today, if I have an assignment... My assignment is to free all of us, everybody standing, into the created person that you have been created to be by God. I invite you into your suffering. I invite you into your trial. I invite you into your temptation. I invite you today into the trial of your 
faith. Because that's what's going to produce patience in you. That's what's going to create the maturation that is required inside of you to allow you to be the thing that God created you to be to change the world forever. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You are called by God to be in relationship with God above all else. Called by God to be humble. Called by God to pray. Whenever, wherever, however necessary. Seek God's face and not God's hand. To repent. To be ready to receive promise. And as you're ready, God will allow you to hear from, he he promised that he would hear you from heaven. Forgive your sin. And restore you to the factory default. promised you he will restore you to the factory default now listen every head no 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 don't look don't look don't look don't look don't look I'm asking you not to look because I want you to have opportunity to hear from God for yourself if you are struggling with identity issues culture would say that that would be sexual nope nope the church would say, I'm telling you that it's more than just that type, that part of your identity. If you are struggling because you're living outside of the promise of God for your life, you are struggling because you're living a life that is outside of what you know God created you to be. That doesn't mean you're sinning. It just means you're off somewhere. If you're struggling with that, I invite you to the altar. You ain't got to come, but you can. If you're struggling with living outside of who God created you to be in any way, shape, or form, I invite you. It's cool. If you've experienced a brokenness in your life that you can't quite get over, because of someone else's sin, someone else's shame, <clears throat> something, that, something that you did or something that someone else did to you, something that someone else did about you, someone, some, something that somebody didn't do, I invite you. It's time. It's time. It's time for us to reveal, for God to reveal to us our two identities. It's time. It's time. And if you don't want to come, that's okay, too. I don't mind. But if you're struggling by, because you're living outside of your promise, you're living outside of your promise. And even if you're struggling because you don't even know your promise, you don't even know who God created you to be. You've heard other voices for so long that you've never taken time to hear God's voice. You've never decided to hear God's voice. Now's a great time to do that. Just come. Just come. You provide the fire. Just come. Just come. I'll provide the sacrifice. You pour out your spirit. 
I speak over you your identity. Just like Abram became Abraham. Just like Saul became Paul. I speak over you your identity. Today I pray that you would trust God to allow you to hear from heaven. To forgive the sins that have been committed and to heal your land. The land of your mind, the land of your heart, the land of your spirit, the land of your bank account, the land of your job, the land of your impact, the land of your intellect. I pray that you would allow God to heal your mind. And I pray that you would trust God enough to remove the mask in prayer. I ask, Lord, that as we trust you, that you would show yourself trustworthy. Prove yourself today. Prove yourself today. Prove yourself to every one of us today. We will try you in this season. And I ask, Lord, that you be faithful to speak. Hear us from heaven. Forgive our sins and heal our land. Every place in us that's broken, heal it. Every place in us that's broken, heal it. By the power in your great name. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Can somebody give God praise? Can we? Can we? come to God with falseness. We will never be whole if we come to, come to God fake. We will never be whole if we bring God a shadow of who we are, not the core of who we are. God is calling us everyone 
to bring the hard thing to him. The hard thing. The hard thing. As we transition into communion. <laughs>